Welcome to the Hottest Skiing On Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be right back. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Ahí va. Por el desfile. Olvídala. Se va a la calle. En la calle. Esa se va. Se va. Se fue. So, Enrique, how are you? We got some great news today. Uh, Carlos Rodon signs with the Yankees for six years, 162. Uh, I absolutely love the deal. I think it's perfect for Rodon and I think for the Yankees as well. How you feeling with the move? Brother, I'm ecstatic. Uh, I feel like this was a move that needed to be made. I know we spoke off air with our colleague, Alex, who called it a luxury more than a necessity. I don't fully agree. As we've seen in history, you can't get too far in the postseason when you have to rely on one guy. Most successful World Series caliber teams in the past have always had two aces or a true ace and a, and a solid number two right behind them. We've lacked that for a while now. We've had to depend solely on Garrett Cole for a long time. You know, we've had to depend on him to be our horse. Um, you know, Aaron Judge's own words. He said, this guy's a horse. We need to get him some help because it's not fair that he has to do it all on his own. Well, that help came today in the form of Carlos Rodon. I, I couldn't be happier. I feel like Garrett got his right-hand man as far as uh, the two top aces of the rotation. And, you know, this reminds me of... Uh, when Houston had Verlander and Cole you know what I'm saying you knew that when you were going up against Houston if you were facing the top of the rotation you had to steal at least one game because if you lost both first games of the series to Cole and Verlander you were out of luck you know what I'm saying and that's the situation that now I feel with this move we've put the rest of the AL in now in a in a five game set you know say we're going against whatever team comes out of the wild card they have to win three games when literally the first two games are against Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon pretty tall task Sean don't you think <laughs> yeah I think it's even uh, beyond that uh, I think our, our rotation is top three in baseball um, you know Garrett Cole obviously still at the top you got Carlos Rodon now at number two You can make the case either whether it's going to be Nestor or Severino at three to kind of balance out that righty-lefty, righty-lefty. So you could have Severino at three. You can now have uh, 2022 All-Star Nestor Cortez, your favorite player in history. <laughs> I like to mess with you a little bit. At, at, if you have Nestor at number four, I don't think you could have asked for better. And then to have Frankie Montas, your big trade acquisition, last trade deadline, sitting at five with no pressure. That's a that's a hell of a rotation, and uh, that's something the Yankees needed to absolutely have. Yeah, it's a little bit of a luxury, but I think um, there's still a lot of moves to be made. I definitely don't absolutely. think this is the end. I don't think this is anywhere near the end. I think this is just something that, you know, when you look at the teams that you're, you're competing against to get to the World Series, you have to compare yourself to the ones that juggernaut of the world. Yes, it is Houston. And Houston, even though they lost Verlander to the Mets, the Astros still have six starters who are top guys who are still going to be a great team, a really tough out. And if you bring out this rotation to go against Houston, if you bring the bats, you 
as of right now on paper, this rotation is good enough to battle against Houston. And listen, first of all, man, uh, you want to bring up Nestor, bro. I, I forgot to mention this. I mentioned it on Twitter, bro. How cool is it for me and any other Yankee fan that's either Cuban born or of Cuban descent because their parents are Cuban? Now you got two Cubanos in the starting rotation, baby. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, man. I, I, bro, I'm, I'm waving my Cuban flag proud tonight. You know what I'm saying? With uh, Nestor and Rodon representing. You know what I'm saying? Um, you always see these teams that they have two studs at the top. Yankees did their thing when they got Garrett Cole by getting a solidified ace. Okay, that was great. But he was your only true ace. You, you had hopes that Severino would round into form and he would be your solid number two, you know, right behind Cole. And you'd have that one-two punch with him and Severino. But that's never come to fruition, whether it's been because of injuries or just him not living up to that hype. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I still believe in him. I still think he can be a solid pitcher for us. Maybe not an ace type like he was when he first came to the league. But I feel like he can be a solid piece. And listen, in this rotation, bro, <laughs> slot him in wherever. And don't forget, Michael Kay said himself that the Yankees are working on something big. That that's what he's heard. That he said, and I quote, they're still in on Rodon. But on top of that, they're working on something big. I spoke to a buddy of mine earlier today that he was getting impatient with that big move not coming. And I told him, and I'm going to say it now, exactly what I told him at that moment. I told him, make no mistake and don't throw it out that that big move is just in the holster being ready to be fired, but they're waiting on the Rodon move first. That they want to get that done first before they quote-unquote pull off their big trade or big signing like they wanted to get Rodon taken care of first well now that that's done with I feel like that big move could come at any moment Sean how about you man I think it's it's <laughs> I think we could wake up within the next few days and see something or maybe within the next week who knows yeah I, I definitely think um the Yankees are going to try. I think, honestly, I think right now the, the focus is going to go right towards the left side of the field around third base and left field. Um, third base seems to be a big question mark right now, like we talked about earlier. Um, something that we're going to have to wait and see to see what's going on there. But left field gets a little bit uh, darker for us now that Andrew Benatendi just signed with the Chicago White Sox for five years, $75 million. It's... Um, Something I'm not surprised about. I'm not surprised. Uh, I never really thought the Yankees were serious on Benatendi. I did hear that the Yankees offered four years, 64. And so Benatendi did want the five years. I knew the Yankees were never going to go five years. And uh, so Benny gets technically the biggest deal in White Sox history at five years, 75 million, which is something ridiculous. But, um, you know, good for him. He got the years that he wanted. He's going to be a White Sox now. He always said he liked playing for small markets. He liked playing in the central. It makes sense that he would stay and be, uh, you know, a big piece over in Chicago and not come back to New York. I just felt like, you know, the Yankees never were 
100% in on Benintendi. And I guess that, you know, breeds the question, what's next for the Yankees in left field? Um, is it in-house? Is it, you know, in free agency? Is it the trade market? Uh, before I get into, you know, my thoughts, Enrique, let me uh, bring this to you. You know, Benintendi's no longer a Yankee. We got two guys, two former left fielders that played for the Yankees last season who signed today with Gallo going to the Twins as well for $11 million. And uh, that begs the question for someone like Kepler um, now on the block. What do you what do you see the Yankees um, looking at, you know, going into our starting left fielder for 2023? Well, first of all, let me congratulate both of these guys for getting the deals they wanted. Um, like you said, Benatendi got the fifth year. Um, good for him for getting that. Uh, I wish him nothing but luck in the south side of Chicago. I liked him while he was a Yankee, so, you know, no hard feelings, Benny. Enjoy your stay in the south side. Uh, same thing for Joey Gallo, for pal Joey, as uh, John Sterling called him. I, I want to wish him nothing but the best also in Minnesota. Seems like a lot of uh, ex-Yankees go there, huh, Sean? Like, <laughs> that's where they seem to go after they play for us. Um, look, man, uh, I've said it in the past, and I'll continue to say it. I don't think left field is necessarily a must-addressed situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... It's a position of need, yeah, but it's not a must-have. It's not like it's not like third base, in my opinion, where it's a lot more of a black hole, like we talked about previously with Donaldson there being an automatic out. I feel like you don't have that automatic out if you were to start, let's just say, Oswaldo Cabrera in left field, like we saw. You know what I'm saying? It, would it be the ideal choice? No. But at least you don't have an automatic out like um, Josh Donaldson. It remains to be seen what they'll do. I mean, look, man. If I'm Hal Steinbrenner and, and I'm Brian Cashman, I don't rush this because, like I said, I don't feel it's an urgent position of need. Um, I would look at the free agent market and, you know, test the waters with Michael Conforto, test the waters with Michael Brantley, see what each one is looking for. If you want to go deep into the trade market and, you know, basically flex those muscles with, uh, with prospects now that you flex your muscles with cash and you want to offer the farm for a Brian Reynolds, Go ahead. You know, that seems to be the move you would love to see, Sean. <laughs> um, me personally, especially because you have Harrison Bader in center, locking that up. You have Aaron Judge locking up right field for years to come. Remains to be seen if Harrison Bader is going to remain a Yankee after this year. But for, for the purposes of 2023, that's your center fielder and right fielder. Right, and you have Oswaldo Cabrera who could play left field in a pinch. I say you go for a guy like Michael Brantley. You know, worst comes to worst, even if he can't handle left field every day, which he probably can at this stage of his career, 
you spell him with Oswaldo Cabrera when he needs a day off or you want to DH him. Not that big a deal. Not to mention, he won't need to play every day because most likely you'll have to play Giancarlo Stanton in left field sometimes too. You can't just DH him every single game. We've seen what that does to him. <laughs> you know, instead of it resting him and keeping him from getting injured, it, it does the opposite. So you definitely need to keep him fresh by putting him out on the field. So I think getting a guy like Brantley and having, you know, a, a, a rotation of him, Stanton, and Oswaldo would be great. But like I said, I wouldn't be opposed to either making the trade for Brian Reynolds or if you wanted to trade for a Max Kepler, which will probably cost you much less as far as prospects are concerned, I wouldn't be opposed to it either. Whatever whatever helps the, the team get better and improve and get closer to Championship 28, I'm all for it, man. I don't know if I'm all for spending the bank for a Brian Reynolds. Uh, Bro, I, I, I disagree maintain with my stance on that, and I will continue to maintain my stance on that. Do I think he's good? Yeah. Do I think he's Juan Soto good, where I would have been fine trading an Anthony Volpe and whatever it took to get Juan Soto? No, nah, I don't I don't put him in that same category, even though I know you do. No, I don't. Okay, see. I don't I don't put him in the same category as a Juan Soto. I think with three years of team control, uh, I think he could be one of the best outfielders in baseball. He's a top two, top three center fielder right now. Um, I think he is great. Uh, I would love to have him. I would not want to trade Volpe at all, though. I, I'm I'm fine with trading trading Peraza for him, though. Tra uh, Peraza or uh, Sweeney, along with uh, Will Warren, with Domingo Herman, Glaver Torres, um, people of that nature, Lucas Lickey, throw in there, Estevan Florial, you could throw in there. There's plenty to work with for someone like Brian. How about if they asked for Jason Dominguez? Jason Dominguez is tough, um, but you have to ask yourself if you're a Yankee fan um, and part of the Yankee organization, really, is Jason Dominguez your future or is Brian Reynolds slash Harrison Bader your future in center field? And if they if they are set on Jason Dominguez being the center fielder for the next fifteen years, uh, when he's ready, then you don't trade Reynolds or for Reynolds or um, Bader is short term because Jason Dominguez is set to be a center fielder. And I know there's rumors out there that he's more of a corner guy that his arms better made for the corner, but you know. Until that happens, you, you can't be waiting on the future if you're trying to win a World Series now. And, you know, the Yankees are clearly trying to get better than they were last year. And last year they were trying to win the World Series. And I think this year they're definitely trying to win the World Series. But I think their first goal is to be better than Houston. And I think when you let Benintendi go, you now have to get someone that's better than Benintendi. Um because it seems like everything else is set. I do not think Donaldson will get traded. I think that's too much of a black hole for any team to take on. I think he he is a great defensive third baseman. He proved last year that he can be. You know, maybe I think the bat can improve. It can't get worse, much worse than it was last year. Um, but he had a serious decline. But I would I would hope that he can be a decent eight hitter because that's probably where he's going to be. Um, if the Yankees go out and get someone like Reynolds, but 
I think their base is kind of set in stone. I don't think it, there's any possibility of really moving him and getting a better third baseman for it. I just don't think it's it's going to happen. But regarding left field, you got to go out and get someone like Reynolds because if if you let Benintendi go for, you know, given almost a very, very minimal effort, I will say it, it felt like the Yankees were never really going all in on getting Benintendi. Yes, it was kind of hush-hush. No one was saying anything. But, you know, if you really wanted Ben Attendee back, you give him the extra year because he signs for 575 with Chicago and the Yankees over 464. You know, he basically, he took, he wanted five years so bad that he took the fifth year for an extra 11 million and he's worth way more. So if the Yankees really wanted him, they would have just given him the extra year for 11 million. That's nothing. In five years from now, that's going to be pocket change. For uh, you know, a Bubba Crosby of the world, so, you know, like that's going to be worth nothing. So yes. it just shows that Benintendi was never really on the radar, and the that the fact that people have been talking, Michael K has been talking, Buster Only has been saying that you know Rodon was not the big move. That there are there's something in the works. There's something big going on that we don't know about. That we just have to be patient. That's what makes me think that Reynolds is part of this plan. And I think right now there's a bunch of rumors that try to push it away because I know the Pirates are asking for Volpe and Peraza and Dominguez, and they're asking for Juan Soto packages that they'll never get. But I think, and I think that's fair. I think that they should. But I think at the end of the day, the Yankees will offer and have the best to offer. And he he highlights the the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, he is their number one guy. So I understand trying to trade him is a PR nightmare. And uh, the Pirates are weary because they lose trade after trade almost every time. Um, you know, I think the Chris Archer trade really set in stone, you know, how bad they are in winning trades. And, you know, I don't think they want to ever go through that again. But at the same time, I think the Yankees can and have the best shot at getting Reynolds because the fact that Reynolds asked for a trade just shows that he wants to be part of a winning culture. And the Yankees are easily the most aggressive team that wants him and the Yankees have more than enough to give what the Pirates are asking for do you think there's any you know big market team that has a better farm system than we do that maybe could jump in and you oh, know yeah. Pittsburgh out of the water like a team that actually can re-sign Reynolds and does have that winning culture that we're both talking about yeah I think there's plenty of teams that can go in and, and take um, to take Reynolds. You yeah. have three more years of Reynolds at his best. Any team could jump in, especially a team with deep pockets like the Yankees, you know, like an LA, like a New York Mets. I could see San Diego. They seem to be, you know, full throttle, making moves left and right this offseason. I could see them trying to swoop in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, any team could do it. it cause, and even the small market teams could jump in because it's, you know, a lot of small market teams do it. You know, like look at look at Juan Soto, right? Juan Soto gets traded to the Padres. The Padres have zero clue if he's going to be there when his contract's up. Look, Manny Machado is about to probably opt out of his deal. You know, like you do it to win in the moment. And so, if if a team, you know, there are probably twenty seven other teams are probably hoping that, that Reynolds is available in July and doesn't get traded in the off season because. Then that opens the door for any team that's trying to win now in a small market team or they're, you know, have a window, then they'll go out and get someone like Reynolds. 
Like yeah. that's that's what you wait for. It's hard. Small market teams don't go for big fish during the during the off season. They wait until they their window is clear. They're winning and they want to win this year or the, the year after, and they go out and get those guys. So yeah. that's you know I think twenty seven to twenty five to twenty seven teams are probably waiting for Reynolds to be available like for real in July. But the Yankees can't do that now, and um, you know that's what brings this conversation full circle. I think the Yankees have to go out and get someone of that caliber because I know Yankee fans are talking about getting Kepler and people are talking about Max Kepler, bro. Why would you want Kepler if the twins are trying to trade Kepler because they just signed Gallo? Do we not remember Gallo? If they're deciding to sign Gallo and get rid of Kepler, why would the Yankees want Kepler? Blows my mind. Zero sense. Blows my mind. Hit 160 with the Dodgers and 152 or 150 with the Yankees, whatever it was. Why and the twins still wanted him over Kepler. Why would the Yankees want to go and trade for Kepler? It, it, I get Kepler had his moment in 2017, 2018, 2019. He had a great three year span. I'm not saying he's a bad player because he's not, he's still a decent left fielder, but he's definitely not, not better than Ben Attendee by a long shot. And if the Yankees are talking about and what they promised Judge that we're going to be a better team when we come in 2023, why yeah, in the world? Kepler. Would they settle on Kepler? Kepler is the very last option if the Yankees strike out on everyone and they have to get a deal in mid-March. That's the only way I see Kepler being a Yankee. Isn't he always injury-prone, too? Isn't the guy always, like, hurt? Not necessarily. He does miss an average of 40 games a year, which is, I guess, kind of injury-prone. But he he averages around – I would say 120, 120 games a year, I would say, especially over the last three years. But he has had his window. I think he's turning 30. You know, I get it. He is a lefty bat, but let's not forget he had nine home runs last year, 19 the year before. And I know in 2019 he had the 36 home runs and the 90 RBIs with the juice ball. I get it. You know, he had his window, but he hit 227 last year. You know, 318 on base with nine home runs. What are you really expecting different in at Yankee Stadium? Maybe 15 home runs because right field is different. I get it. But what, like a 230 hitter because the shift is gone? Like, I mean, I, I feel like not the only your left appeal, I feel like the only appeal he has is that he would cost you less as far as a uh, prospect value than, than a Brian yeah. Reynolds would. Like, they're, He's not going to cost you one of Brian Reynolds will. But, I mean, I'm with you that at the end of the day, for me, he's the last option that you go after. Like, I would take an aging Michael Brantley over him, to be honest with you, you know, because Brantley's shown that he can do it and he can be a top-of-the-lineup guy. And a solid contact guy, and he works great at bats, bro. Uh, Yeah, I think Brantley still has a great bat, but his time is gone, I think. You know, Brantley and the Yankees are five years too late. Um, Brantley still has a decent bat, but the you know injuries have caught up to him the last three seasons, and he he can't play in the outfield anymore at all. Like he's he had such trouble last year, and that's what caused the injury. He's just well, that's why I said earlier that he would split time between uh, Stanton and and Oswaldo. You would have yeah, a three man rotation okay. between them. You know. Yeah, but that's what bothers me is that if you're talking about the Yankees being better than they were last year, because that's what the Yankees are promising, 
having a, a, a Brantley and Oswaldo, who his worst position is in left, split time there and left. That's not better than Benintendi. I'd rather just and have... Stanton. Don't forget, it would be a three man rotation. Uh, but and... yeah, I got you. But I see Stan is not going to be part of that rotation. Stan's going to be thrown in to be right field every now and then. And I think you know to move Judge to center, give Bader his time because you can't have Bader all the time, especially with the injury he just came back from. I don't see Stanton really playing anything more than 30 games in left field. I, I, I just don't see it. I think they're set on him being a DH, but they're going to have to get him in the outfield to get a couple you know games in there, work the legs a little bit. But I, I see him mainly as a DH guy. He, I don't think he's part of the rotation at all unless there's injuries, like serious ones. But, yeah, I just don't see him really playing the outfield. And that's – you can't have any – you know, Oswaldo, you need to have as your utility guy. Like you did have DJ like two years ago where he wasn't the starter, but he was coming in to play every position. He was playing every six, you know, out of seven games, like they said, and he was playing everywhere. I think that's what Oswaldo's purpose is in a major league roster. I think he could be a spark for any team and, you know, stay in the lineup. And, you know, eventually he could even take over Donaldson's spot if Donaldson's trash, you know, like that's, that's, what could be his role? He could be one a great third baseman and take over when, you know, Donaldson can't hit and he's 0 for 28 and, you know, with 15 strikeouts. You know, that's where Oswaldo can take his spot. I don't want to yeah. see Oswaldo starting in left field starting 2023 because that is a failed offseason in that point. You are trying to be better than Houston. And, yes, you filled the rotation. You, you signed Rizzo. You signed Judge back. You brought back the same team and added a star – pitcher that's great you'll win more games that way but you're not beating houston that way oswaldo playing left field every day isn't necessarily what i want it's not plan a for me or what i would prefer but if if that is what they go into the season with i'm not losing sleep over it because like i said he's not a hole in the lineup like donaldson is like i feel like the more pressing issue is third base. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like you got to fix that more than you need to fix left field. And that's just my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I, like, like, I disagree <laughs> with you. <laughs> bro, like, like, like defensively, like I said, defensively, we're there. Like, we agree. Like, defensively, I want that dude at playing third base. And defensively, you know, yeah, Oswaldo's maybe his worst position defensively is left field. But like I said, offensively, because what, and we talked about this off air, Sean, in our, in our uh, text chat with me, you and Alex, we talked about it. What always costs the Yankees in the playoffs. It's not their defense. It's not their pitching. It's their lack of hitting. Yep. They can't hit when it counts, bro. They can't. They always seem to struggle when the postseason comes, especially when they face, you know, pitchers that just straight up outmatch them. You cannot afford, especially with this team's history of struggling offensively in October, you cannot afford to have a hole at third base offensively, bro. That's why, to me, third base is the more pressing issue because I cannot bear, I cannot stand I will not stand for another season of Josh Donaldson looking lost at the plate, bro. You cannot go through that again. You can't. Bro, like, like 
look, I'd be perfectly fine with what you said. If if you put Oswaldo there and he plays an ad adequate third base, great, because at least he gives you something offensively, bro. He showed you he gives you something offensively. Better than Donaldson. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the offense. We said it in our group chat. We fixed the, the pitching. Great. Now let's fix the bats. That's literally what we said between the three of us. Yep. You're not fixing the bats if you're still going into the season status quo at third base. I'm sorry. You're not. Well, that's why I think left field is more of a pressing issue than third base because let's just say – Worst case scenario, they get a Kepler. I'm not saying Kepler. Maybe they get a Conforto. Someone to take left. I think at least you have someone in left now because that's why left field is more of a pressing issue. You have no one there that you feel confident in playing left field defensively that, you know, can get the job done. I think Oswaldo's a great bat. I don't know if it's just something I'm going to be happy seeing in the playoffs starting every day. Uh, uh, Oswaldo hasn't sold on me. I think he he was a great fan favorite, but hasn't sold on me. But I'm not saying he's the best option, but I'm saying what would you rather have, him or Donaldson? The choice is clear. Uh, debatable because defensively, I'd rather have Donaldson. No, I'm saying offensively. Uh, offensively, who would you rather uh, have? You're saying that he hasn't impressed you that yeah. his back. You said just now that his bat yes. isn't something you want to see in the playoffs every day. You t well, you're I telling was, me you wouldn't rather well, have though. his bat over Donaldson's? Yeah, uh, I, I, it's tough. Both of them are I'm someone I don't necessarily want in the starting roster. But like, <laughs> I think that's why left field's more. You have to solve left field, and you have to get someone big because then you could figure out the infield. You can push Donaldson to the bench because then you can get. Bro, Volpe God, is the shortstop. Volpe's going to be the shortstop by June, July, and probably by October. He'll be the starting shortstop for the Yankees. Then you, if you still have Peraz on the team, you can move him to second. And then you can move DJ to third. And then you have your third base problem solved or whatever the situation is. Or maybe Oswaldo comes and play third. You, know, you don't know who's going to be on the team by then. But like third base is coverable. And we still technically have Glaber Torres in the roster. So – as of right now, DJ, I mean, Donaldson's probably not even on the starting roster. He's probably a bench. I don't hope, bro. I God can only hope. Like I said, that's listen, if if Josh Donaldson was not his former all-star self last year, but if he was at least competent, you know, at least gave you Bro, I don't know, a 220 batting average, let's just say. Something along those lines. Anywhere between 220 and 250. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now, Sean. I would be completely on board with everything that. you're saying about left field, about that being the pressing issue, because I'd be like, okay, bro, you know, you got a great third baseman defensively. He locks down that position on defense and he gives you an average bat doesn't need to be a, a, an all-star bat like what he used to be but at least he gives you average offense and that's all you need but like i said bro it's it's it, <laughs> when you're so bad that being average would be a huge upgrade for you that's that's saying something you know what i'm saying like the dude wishes he was average 
Like, it was a black hole, bro. Like, I told you last episode, it, it gave me... It gave me memories of when Chris Carter played first base for us. You know what I'm saying? Same thing. It was an automatic out every time. Automatic out every time. And at times, it looked like he was swinging with his eyes closed. That's what, jo that's what some of Josh Donaldson's swings looked like. Do you remember how awkward some of his swings and misses looked? Yeah. You saw yeah. that viral tweet that, that was put out there on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Bro, like, you can't have that. Now... If he's pushed to the bench, then this is a moot point, bro. You know, prayers be answered. Hallelujah. You know, let's let's freaking <laughs> jump for joy if that's the case. That, that'd be great. And I feel bad saying it because the dude used to be a baller at one point of his career. But he's not anymore. And, and I don't want him in that lineup. I'm sorry. I don't. You know, and, and that's why I say that to me, third base is more of a pressing issue. Because of the offense, not the defense. The offense. Well, this team is built on defense now. You know, Cashman has made that very prevalent that that is the that's the point is to focus on the defense. Yes, Donaldson hitting two twenty two last year, hitting half of what he did the year before is he hit two twenty two. Yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm shocked. I I didn't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but I'm shocked he even hit that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it terrible year. It, you know, his slugging was way down. His on base was barely over three hundred. It was an awful year. You know, he barely even. You know, he barely got walked. He never was on base. It was an awful year. But his defense was there, which is what kept him at their base all season long. You know, if the if he didn't play good defensively, he would have been you know benched a long time ago. And you know, so. It's I don't even see Donaldson as a starter right now unless, you know, there's a big trade and then you have to put Donaldson back at third because I don't mind Donaldson's bat if he's hitting eighth or ninth in the lineup. If you got someone like Brian Reynolds and you have the pieces where you could put a, a you need someone hot at third base where you could have a defensive guy and you could sacrifice one out of the nine bats to be a good defensive guy at third but you definitely need someone good at third base you cannot have even above average you need a solid third base hot corner guy and that's what Donaldson was last year it was the exact opposite of what we what we asked for Donaldson well, that I agree with and suck defensively I gotta disagree with you though about you know being you're okay with sacrificing an out you can't Bro, in the in the regular season, sure, that analogy applies. But in the in the playoffs, what if it's a late game situation, Sean? It's the ninth, and you got the bottom of the order up. You know what I'm saying? Well, at that point, you could I, pinch I was, hit I was for, saying for regular season point. in general. I, it, I wasn't but... talking postseason. I was thinking regular season. Like I don't mind Donaldson playing third base during. The well, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking postseason. All post my whole process goes for story. the postseason. Hmm? Yeah, third base is it's tough because. Like I said, there's still so much to be done in this offseason. We have no idea where anyone is going to be. We have no idea if Praz is going to be Yankee. We have no idea if Glaber is going to be a Yankee. You know, if, if they are still Yankees, then DJ's your third baseman. You know, like that's how it's going to be. And, you know, the, the Yankees have to go out and get that left fielder or whatever the case may be. You've got to put Pra uh, Cabrera in there and figure out left field or third base. It, it's so much still going on. But – like it's tough. It's to, I think left field has to be answered now, and then you have to figure out 
how to get IKF, how to get Donaldson either off the team or on the bench and get the Hicks way off the roster. I don't even want to see him on a baseball roster, but somehow get him off team. Like that's, that's the big, you know, big picture right now is getting that left fielder. Once you have that left fielder, then you could start to put the pieces together on who you want on the team and what you don't until you have your mold. Donaldson's your guy. And then, you know, that's why left field, you have to, you have to get someone better than Ben Attendee. If you don't get someone better than Ben Attendee to take left field, it's a failure. You, you fail getting the, the bats that you needed to, to be to Houston. You have two walls to climb over and we have yet to climb over Houston's wall. They knock us down every single year. So until you beat Houston, you have to have the bats to beat them. Of and course. And, and that's ball. why I said that that my point was focused on the postseason and not the regular season. I could give a bleep about the regular season, bro. The regular season doesn't mean anything to me because I know this team is good enough. God willing, I knocked on wood, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to jinx them, but they're good enough to be in the postseason because they are in the postseason. They're a postseason team year in and year out. They just don't get over the hump, like you said. And that's why I made that point on Donaldson with the postseason in mind, not the regular season, because I'm thinking what will happen in a series like, you know, NALCS against Houston or another tough ALDS against a scrappy team like Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? You you can't have a hole at third base, bro. And yep. that's the only reason I, I said third base is the more pressing issue. But I agree with you, like I said, about left field, and that definitely needs to get addressed. I just, like I said, <laughs> offensively speaking, third base is the more pressing issue. Overall, it's the whole left it's side left of the field. field. It's just yeah. the whole left side. Mm -hmm. Shortstop's still a question. Until yeah, June, I mean, July, when Volpe it, takes over. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It is, but at the same time, it's not because, you know, you have your shortstop of the future waiting. Supposedly, according to the Yankees, exactly. that's what they've been Supposedly. force beating us for all these years. Hence why I just said it, because it's all <laughs> hearsay. Who knows? I pray he's the answer. He is this golden child, this golden goose egg that we haven't even unraveled yet. But so when you have that as your question mark at shortstop, you have a washed up third baseman who used to be great. A sh not even he's less than a shell of himself at third. And you have nobody to get a ground Black. ball at left field. Mm -hmm. You're not better than Houston. And you have all that to figure out. The moves got to be made right now, right away. So um, I think the Yankees have to go out and get a top left fielder better than Ben Attendee, And then you could start focusing on what you want to do with third base and get Hicks way off the roster and figure out what moon you want to send him to, but figure <laughs> it out. There you go. There you go. I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, get that left side of the field shored up and let's, let's get going. Let's get, let's get this series underway, baby. That's right. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for this latest episode of the hot Skina podcast. We will be back again sometime next week. Hopefully the Yankees make the moves that they need to. And, uh, bring a future Hall of Fame bat to left field. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, bring us closer to ring number 28 because we desperately need one. It's been too long. But from me, Enrique, and Alex, somewhere out there in the Miami Beach land, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Go Yanks. Go Yanks, baby. Go Yankees. <laughs>